Hey everyone, welcome back to the Strategic Stripping Podcast. My name is Valeska and I am super excited you're here. I'm also super excited for us to connect with our special guest today. This is Miss Daphne. You found me on YouTube, right? I did. I found you on YouTube and then I found you on the Apple Podcast app on my phone. Okay, so you are you are actively searching for stripper advice. Yes. Yes, that's awesome. So you've been in the game for about four months now? Yeah, I started, um, is it four months? Yeah, I started at the end of April. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, so our topic today is going to be the law of attraction, but before we get started, I figured I have some questions I'd like to ask you for people to get to know you a little bit better. What exactly were you looking for? I was mostly looking, well, at first I was looking for, like, how to audition, like, what to do, what not to do, because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Okay. So that was the first part, and then it started to evolve more into, like, customer relations, different types of, like, sales tips, interactions between your coworkers, all sorts of things, and then kind of evolved more into, like, advice about stage performance and things like that. But mostly what I looked for was tips about the clubs and how to interact there. Okay, so when it comes to sales stuff, have you branched out looking outside of specifically stripper advice, or have you stuck with stripper tips on sales? I've kind of branched out now, so I have a bunch of different podcasts I listen to. Awesome. Any yeah, any like, suggestions? Yeah, Tony Robbins. Good Tony one. Robbins is great. I've heard you talk about him, and it's I, I told you this story, but it was um, a funny thing. I was talking to a customer who's been into sales forever, and, uh, and he's a regular of mine, and I mentioned Tony Robbins, and he said, you know what, I have a whole box of unopened CDs and cassettes at my house, you know, I'll bring them next time, and then I was like, okay, great, that's so, like, that's so cool, and then, like, an hour later, he had left, and he came back, and he had this huge box <laughs> for me, and I was like, this is the best gift ever, and so, that's great, so I've definitely branched out, I've also gotten into kind of, like, Listening to some energetic things, too, about how to kind of, like, come down from your shift and how to kind of protect your emotional energy, awesome. things like that. So, yeah, so definitely moved away from, like, the basic stripper thing because I feel like I have, like, that basic info already. You learn so much in a short period of time. Yeah, no kidding. It's a very kidding. steep learning curve. Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, how do I improve my sales and get them to say yes and things like that? And it's really fascinating. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the fact that you have branched out into how to energetically detach from from people because we are all energy and when we go into an environment like that, we're literally just opening ourselves up to anybody that walks in the door and it's... Totally. Yeah, can be super, super draining. How did you come to that conclusion that you should look into stuff like that? Did you fall into it? Is it something I've you never... already knew? I've never really put a lot of stock into it, but I've noticed that one of the reasons why I'm probably really becoming like really good at what I'm doing, I think is because I am really genuine and I kind of, my, what I offer my customers is very open and genuine and that comes with a cost though. And so I realized when I got home from work, I was just so drained. I couldn't mentally, emotionally just do anything. I was just dead. And, and the day after work, if I did a double or something, I had a dead day. 
Yeah. I just felt, felt nothing. I was just, <laughs> and it was, and I was like, what is this? Like, why? And I realized that it is really good to offer them a genuine experience, but at the same time, I need to protect myself a little bit. And I am very empathic. And so I think it's really easy for whatever these customers are carrying around with them. It's really easy for it to just kind of attach to you. And, you know, as, as woo woo as that sounds, it doesn't to me at all. I think it's pretty legitimate. And so now I'll do things like when I'm driving home from work, I'll be like, okay, like, you know, thank you universe or whatever for the opportunity to make all this money. Like, you know, I, you know, whatever, whatever came with me, like, please, please go now. I'm really grateful for the opportunity, but thank you. Goodbye. You know, and kind of just like physically wipe it off of you. And I take, you know, an Epsom salt bath when I get home and, and I don't always want to do those things because I'm just done and, and I, I, I want to go to bed. But I think it's really important to have some sort of ritual. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I feel like all of the stuff that you just said is so next level. Like, I don't know how you got from point A to where you are now in that short of a period of time unless you already had some kind of background in spirituality or even knowledge in quantum physics and understanding right. <laughs> energy, right? I mean, I've dipped into it a little bit, but I've also been out of it for a long time. But really, like, the way I approach this, like, so when I first started, I didn't really think past the audition. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this crazy thing that I've always wanted to do, and, and I'm 29 now, so this is the time. Like, I don't want to lose my opportunity. And um, and so I did it, and then I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, I'm kind of doing it, like, the first month. I'm just doing it with, like, you know, one toe in, like, one foot out the door. I didn't really – I wasn't all in, and my money was reflecting that. And I thought about it and was like, you know what, I'm going to – if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to put all of myself into it for a while. And and that also means all the self-care that comes with it, which is an added benefit of this job. I feel like it kind of forces you to do self-care. Totally. And so, yeah, so with that comes addressing all the things that come up with it. That's super great to hear. I can, t- I can think of many times just getting off work and showering and, you know, completely cleaning myself off, and you get in there and it's like, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go in the shower, like, I will turn it on as hot as it will go, and there's just this, like, yeah, like, skin-burning feeling almost that it's like you need almost. You sit there and crave. And it's interesting, like, particular nights with particular customers, I can go through a night and I'll feel feel fine afterwards, you know, my... My connections with customers were really easy, and it wasn't very, I didn't have to be really into it. Right. But some nights, I had just a certain customer or something that took a lot from me. Right. And I have to take some extra measures. Or even, like, between customers, when I'm in the dressing room, I'll wipe myself down really intensely just to kind of get them get them off of me if I didn't like their energy or, or and when you like say that. that you mean with your hands do you mean with wipes do you mean like both, <laughs> both. I'll like energetically just kind of like shake my arms out just like oh like get off of me okay thank you goodbye and and then you know and then do like baby wipes just to get you know their sweat or whatever it is off right. of me. but that's not that often but sometimes I do that Yeah, that's something that Valentina does as well is she will energetically just wipe her arms to get that off of her. That's something I had never tried. I had never thought of before. And one of the last times I was at work, I did that. And it did feel like I felt like some kind of release, something, you know, going away. Yeah, it was very... It really helps. It really does. It's a simple thing, but it really helps. 
Yeah, it felt really good. I feel like we should touch back on what you said about having genuine interactions with people. It helps you sell and it also takes more away from you. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. Um, I mean, everyone has a different tactic and everyone has different things that work for them. I don't have a, let's see, my, when I'm talking to customers, I definitely have kind of like girl next door vibe. I'm not super Mm -hmm. flirtatious. I'm working on making more contact with my customers. So I'm not putting out a super intense sexual vibe. It's more of a mental, emotional connection I try and make with them. Wow, that's actually great um, to hear because that's awesome because of what you're about to talk about and a little bit about the law of attraction, how you've moved up to be the top or one of the top money makers in your club, correct? Yeah, I I was told I was the top, but I, (laughs) which is like very flattering and surprising to me. Well, that's especially since I only work a couple days a week. (laughs) But that could be also is another reason I'm I'm pretty. So, anyways, I'll go back to that. Um. So, and then when I get them to do the dance, because I'll switch it really quick when I decide I want to dance, I'll turn on my energy a little more intensely. And then during the dance, I give them like the best dance I can possibly come come up with. And I release a lot of my sexual energy to the point of being able to like convince myself that I'm really enjoying this. And they, you know, I've never heard a bad comment from customers like I I don't get anything less than three dances at a time and at the club I work at the dances are 40 each so that's nice um yeah and so I I get really into it and I um you know and there's there's pluses and minuses to that because I feel pretty sapped afterwards of like my sexual energy and my emotional energy um, when you say zapped, though, can you hold that up until the end of the night, or is it typically right after a customer? No, it actually energizes me while I'm at work. That's what I figured. And I feel like it makes me more appealing. Like, once I get that first customer, then my my night really starts rolling. I get into that zone, and I feel like I'm exuding pheromones because I just had, like, this, you know, pseudo-sexual experience. Other customers can see that I'm desirable, um, because this other customer had a good time with me and they're exuding whatever they're exuding. And, and so, so then I just stay in it. And, and if I work a double, which I, I like to do doubles pretty often, then by, it depends if I, if I meet my quota, then I'm, once I meet my quota, I'm pretty much done. So that could be at like midnight, 1230, you know, one in the morning and then I'm done and I'm, I'm just out of there. I might hang out for a little bit, but have a really low-key energy and not really actively trying to find anyone. What's the purpose of working doubles? Um, I feel like it gives me a broader range of customers. So I started out doing day shift, and I really like day shift because it gives me the ability to just start out slow. I'm not like – I don't have the money pressure. So when I just come in at night, it's like, okay, I have this amount of time to make this amount of money, and I have more pressure. And when I have that pressure, I don't feel like I do as well, or I'm more stressed out about it. Okay. And I don't, I don't want to give out that desperate vibe. That's the last thing I want. Like I don't want my customers to even think about the money aspect at all. Like I try and avoid that at all costs. That this is a money transaction. Very cool. And uh, so during the day shift, it's slower, so I have more time to just kind of be chill my customers and kind of get into the zone and and get on stage and stretch and get ready um for the night and and then by night comes along then everyone starts filling in the club and I'm ready like I've been in it and I can stay in it It takes me a little bit to like get into the zone and once I'm there it's great 
Right. So what time do you typically get there, and then what time do you typically leave? Um, so, like, Saturdays. I like to do doubles on Saturdays, so I get there at 3. Okay. And night shift starts at 9, and then I'm there till 2.30. So most of the time I am there till 2.30. At 2.30, the stages end, but anyone that's still working and giving lap dances can stay. So sometimes I'll be there till 3, but normally I don't have to. Normally I'm, I'm done making my money by... One thirty. Okay. Have you stayed till the end of the night often uh-huh. or at all? Um, yeah, probably like 80% of the time I do stay till the end of the night. It depends if I worked like the night before and yeah. just like how much I have left. That's why I try, I try not work like two days in a row that often. I try and spread it out throughout yeah. the week. That makes sense. So only working two days a week, but you're working doubles. So you're really pulling a lot of hours there. I am, yeah. So, well, I'll do, like, this weekend I'm going up and I'm doing a Friday night, and then I'm going to do a double on Saturday. So, and if I try and do a shift on Sunday, usually Sunday is just, it's just not good. It's just, I know better than to do that. Um, so doing a night and then a double is okay. If I try and do a double and then a double, that's not, that's not really a good plan. Yeah. Yeah, that makes and sense. And I'll still meet my quota. Like, that's been the amazing thing is I'm meeting how much I want to make, but it, it determines, like, how much I suffer. <laughs> Like, yeah. how difficult it is. I don't want it to be difficult. It should be easy. Yeah. And if I'm at my best, then it's easy. Right. Okay. That's awesome. All right. So how did you get started as a stripper? So I've had a lot of friends in the industry for a long time, and I was always curious about it. I did try out once when I was, I think I was eight, nineteen. And I didn't actually get to the tryout part. I showed up and I talked to them and then I left. And Why did you decide just, to leave? <clears throat> I liked the idea of dancing. I liked the idea of wearing cute outfits and being on stage. And then when I really thought about the lap dancing, I wasn't emotionally prepared yeah. to do that. I was kind of a serial monogamous dater. So I didn't really know how to spread out my energy between multiple people all the time. So that, right. that kind of, that was too much for me. You sound but like you a have way, a super interesting background. I do. Yeah. it's Yeah, I've done a bunch of weird things. <laughs> so this is another one of them, but it's the one that I'm benefiting from the most. So, uh, so then I'm 29, and I just had my 29th birthday, and I have a really amazing boyfriend, and... We were talking, I've been, you know, talking to him about it for about a year and just like, oh, I want to do this. And he was really into it. He was like, I think, you know, I think you should do it. And I was like, yeah. And finally he was like, will you please just go audition? So you just stop (laughs) talking about it. Will you please go do it? And I was like, okay. And so I went to this club in the small town I live in and all my dancer friends says, don't go there. It's a small club. Like you won't make any money. And I said, I don't really care about making money. I just want to try it. So that's okay, you know. I didn't really understand the money aspect at all. It's not why I got into it. Um, wow. Yeah, it's been an added benefit. I'm like, whoa, okay, this is this is great. Um, so, so that's I went there. super interesting to me. As someone that is very <laughs> aware of energy and about how each individual person you spend it with, you're you know you're you're giving away your energy and you're pulling other people's energy in as well. What was it that made you, like, why did this idea stay in your head for so long if it wasn't about the money? Um, I have, so I spent most of my life really rejecting my feminine energy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was definitely not in my body 
didn't feel comfortable expressing myself sensually, was never a flirtatious girl. I don't even know how I got boyfriends. I just did. And, <laughs> and I, I really kind of rejected that side of myself. My mother was a very masculine character. And so, um, I, I didn't, I, yeah, I just didn't embrace that. And so it took me until my mid-20s to really start feeling at home in my body and as a woman and feeling sensual. Any and idea so, what brought that out? Um, maturity. Okay. Um, uh, really excellent boyfriends okay. that kind of helped me with that. Um, yeah, just a change of a change of pace. Um, yeah, feeling more mature, letting go of some insecurities that were not serving me anymore. And, um, some like, uh, what is that called? Um, physical distortion. What is that? When, um, I had some like really negative views about my body that finally I was maybe mature enough to just be like, that's dumb. I'm going to let that go. Like I feel great. And, um, yeah, I just got to this place of like. Is there? Confidence. I have to ask because there's a lot of girls that do have that same kind of thing about their body. They they just don't right. feel like they're good enough. What was it? Do you remember any idea like what it was that made you be like, you know what, all that's bullshit, and I have a great body and I love myself? Or yeah, one thing was I started becoming really physical with my body, so I got really into yoga. Good. Awesome. I got into things, and I felt. Whether or not I felt like I was beautiful, I at least felt that my body was very strong and capable. Um, I also do a lot of farm work for my family. And so I was using my body all the time. was like, wow, like my body, can, I can do anything with my body. And so that kind of helped me move through it and realize that some things were irrelevant. I also got out of a monogamous relationship that wasn't really serving me. And I started dating for the first time, which I'd never really done. And through that, I realized, you know what, if I want to meet someone really cool, I'm going to just be my genuine self because I want, I'm tired of compromising myself for other people. I'm just going to be myself completely and whoever I meet is going to get me. And if they don't like me, then, you know, whatever, like, right. And so I came to a point of being like, you know what, like, I feel really good with myself right now. I feel really confident. I feel totally comfortable with being alone like I don't need anyone's approval I don't need anyone and so yeah so I got to this place of just being like I'm awesome I actually really enjoy spending time with myself I love it that just gave me goosebumps all over yeah it's hard to explain how how I got there but I definitely went through like the depths of depression and body oh that's what it is body dysmorphia Ah, Um, wow what a name yeah, and uh, and that's a thing, and I, yeah, I just was able to move through it. I love that you started that with yoga. You started to do stuff with your body, and you started to get into yoga. I can't express how much I feel like yoga has saved my life. I really can't. Right? Yeah, it's, I mean, the way, especially talking about energy and stuff, like, sure, there probably are things that are around us as well, but those emotions and those, like, interactions, especially the bad ones, like, well, and I'm sure the good ones too, but that stuff does, it, I mean, you know, apparently you and I are on the same level of woo-woo, but I totally believe it's all true, that this stuff gets stored physically in your body. It actually gets stored in your body, and things like yoga can help release it. The twists and the turns and the poses and the right. breath work, and it just can help literally release this toxic energy from your body. And and besides that, 
the physical aspect of it, if you have issues with balance, if you have like, if you don't feel graceful, if you, if you get tense, if you're stressed out, I mean, yoga helps with all of it. And I truly did not know that. Uh, the first time I ever went to a yoga class, my dad asked me to go with him and I went and after it was over, he was like, so what did you think about it? And I said, oh, that was so boring. I almost fell asleep. And he goes, <laughs> He goes, do it three more times this week and let me know how you feel at the end of the week. And that was like seven years ago. And I have been hooked ever since. And when I don't right. do it, yeah, and when I don't do it, my body hurts. Yeah. Like, it, it hurts. It's like, holy, like, what am I, like, what, what did I do to make myself hurt so bad? And then I realized, oh my God, I haven't done yoga in a few days. That's definitely, definitely it. And I feel like people look at yoga like, oh, you're just stretching. Oh, you're just, you know, it's for flexibility, which is an added benefit. I feel like the actual core of it, though, is to move that energy out, you know, use your body, get things out of it, open things up, and then you also happen to get really flexible and your body feels really good. Yeah, and balanced. And like you said, you can feel better about yourself. And I mean, the array of benefits from it is truly fascinating. But unless you do it consistently, at least that's been my experience, unless you do it consistently, you really don't know of the true benefits. I actually, I took a friend of mine to yoga a long time ago and big ex-military guy and we go to yoga. And the people that think that yoga isn't hard, I I giggle every time I think about that. Yeah, because it is tough. I've been to yoga with lots of guys that, you know, CrossFit, super ripped, and they're sweating their ass off, and I'm like, totally fine, you know, and I'm like, but I took this one guy in, and uh, it was a candlelit yoga, it was super beautiful, I enjoyed the whole thing, I had no idea he was sweating his ass off, really? oh my god, like, he said at one point, he looked down, and there was just a literal stream of sweat coming off of his shorts. Oh my god. I laughed so hard when I heard that. But anyway, the next day, he was like, why am I so sore? He was like, I thought yoga was supposed to make you flexible and it was supposed to like, (laughs) yeah. And I was like, it's because you've never done that before. Your body's not used to it. It's super, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. So people's misconceptions of it and Going into a class, if it's your first time, I know because this was my experience, going in for a first time, if it if you have a bad instructor, if the uh-huh. environment is bad, if there's someone in the room that's super loud or it's it smells bad in there, there's a lot of different factors that can make a first timer be like, no, I'm not doing this again. And oh, definitely. Yeah, and it's so sad to think about because if my dad hadn't told me to go back and try it again, I would have never done yoga again. And I would have been like, yeah, I've tried it. I don't really like it. Not realizing there's tons of different types of yoga and the environment matters and the instructor matters and your mat matters and like all kinds yeah. of stuff is very, very important. So you really have to find the right studio and the right, oh, right yeah. instructor. And there's so many. There's, you know, Vinyasa and Hatha and Kundalini. And I started out doing Bikram's hot yoga. Oh, good for you. And That's my favorite. That kicked my butt. Like that was, you know, and they would say they were like drill instructors, which is what I really needed. Like the the super intense discipline right and I mean they were like yeah this is your 90 minutes of suffering in here and that way you don't have to go suffer out in the real world and it's hot it was like a hundred and 
I don't know, 104 degrees, like, and wow. humid, and you're soaking wet, and you had to hold these poses for a horrible time, and that's not for everybody. I definitely brought people there that were like, oh my gosh, <laughs> why did we do that? That was awful. But for me, it was, you know, really important. Um, I got a lot out of that, so... Yeah, that's really funny. I would think it would be super hard to go in if it was really hot outside too. Like I can remember yeah. one of the one of the times I hadn't done hot yoga in a long time and I was in New York and I was staying with someone who a lot of places in New York, I think landlords do this so that you can't jack the heat up really high. They don't have the temperature gauge in the apartment. So, he left and I was freezing and I couldn't make the house hotter and I was like what can I do to feel better right now because I'm quite miserable and I was like you know what I'm gonna go to a hot yoga class and going from extreme cold to the extreme heat back to the extreme cold again oh my god it felt amazing yeah yeah it was quite a quite an awesome experience so yeah I love that you uh that you're into that too it's so helpful I think that it's one of Honestly, I feel like it's one of the most important things anybody can do for themselves, really. Right. Yeah. And with, like, how physically demanding this job is. Yes. Um, if I skip, and I haven't been that great recently, to be honest, with my yoga practice. Yeah. Um, it's, but I should. I know I have to do it every day, um, especially since I'm doing my work in short spurts. So it's like if you do nothing all week and you work, like, twice a week, and you show up, and then you're throwing yourself around a pole, and you're doing this high-impact stuff on the ground, and, right. and high heels, and then yeah. walking on your feet for hours. You're like, you're pretty wrecked afterwards if yeah. you don't stretch, and I, I definitely see the difference. Yeah, for sure. It affects everything, too. It affects your attitude. It affects, I mean, I, I feel like the way that your body feels truly can affect everything. Oh, Yeah. Um, I, I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning about you would really, when it comes to being sitting with a customer and you're the girl next door, you're really getting to know them, you're being, you know, authentic and everything. Then you said when, as soon as you decide you want to ask them for a dance, that's when you turn up your energy. What does that look like? So, yeah, when I come up to customers... I- so where I work, um, there's a really high volume of girls, and at least during the day, and well, yeah, so there's a really high volume of girls, and so when I get to a customer, if I don't get to him first, this guy is halfway through his beer, and he's he's already been approached by like six girls. Wow, okay. And so I'll, I can go up to him, and I just, I'm trying to be as mellow as possible, like I am not aggressive, like don't be scared, like yeah. cause some of these guys, you can tell they're just like, oh my gosh, like they're so overwhelmed. Right. So I go up there, and I just act like I don't want anything from them. I really just, I just happen to be sitting next to them. And, oh, wow, look, we're getting engaged in this nice conversation that's like, you know, you know no strings attached. And just try and convince them. So that what does your body language look like when you do that? When you come to approach somebody with the attitude of, I don't want anything from you, is there any kind of physical contact at all? Do you sit sit next to them? Do you, like, if you're at the bar, do you sit just facing the bar? Do you face them? Does it vary? Sometimes I'll ask if I can, I'll usually ask if I can sit next to them okay. um, because I know it's good to get into the mode of them saying yes. Yeah, good job. Very nice. Um, 
And so that's something I learned from this. I can't remember what it was called, but it's this website. And this lady teaches this really great class. So I did like this free intro. It's talking a lot about how to get a man to say yes. And if you get them to say yes a certain amount of times, then when you ask them for a dance, they're already in yes mode because the brain is lazy and it just wants to keep on saying yes. I want to say real quick, getting them to say yes is super true. Getting people to say yes over and over and over does exactly that. It gets them in this like habit of just saying yes to you. So as long as you keep them saying yes, that's actually supposed to be an episode. God, I've got so many different topics. And it's like, <laughs> it, it truly is like the, the information in this is never ending. And then when girls do start to evolve and get into next level stuff, like we're talking about, about energy and stuff, there really is a rabbit hole of stuff that it's like, it's honestly, oh, yeah. yeah, it's truly never ending. But Okay, sorry, <laughs> I can finish my thought. Okay, so... Um... So anyways, I'll usually go up and sometimes, it also depends on the customer. Sometimes I'll come up to them and I'll put a hand on their back. And so yeah, depending on their energy, um, I'll reach out and put an arm on their back and let them know I'm there and um, say like, hey, can I sit next to you? Um, and they'll usually, they always say yes. Um, and I'll just chat with them. I have like certain questions I'll ask them like, oh, how's your day going? Like, or I'll be like kind of cute and be like, oh, what brings you to our lovely establishment this evening? Or, yeah. And or find out whether or not they've been there before, because if they haven't, then that's, you know, I get to do this whole, um, oh, well, welcome to so-and-so, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, and so yeah. I usually try and be upbeat. I try, you know, I want to be fun. I'm not like crazy party girl vibe, but I just try and be fun and, um, and friendly and, um, yeah, I just ask them some basic questions and get them talking mm-hmm. so I don't have to talk very much. And if I get bored by whatever they say, then I'll change the subject. Smart. And I'll usually, yeah, I'll, I'll have my legs towards them. I try and keep contact with one of their knees, with my knees. But other than that, I don't make a lot of contact. You know, I'll tilt my head and look at them and and do that. If he wants more contact, if he reaches out and to make more contact with me then I'll allow him to do that and so then depending on that I'll I'll engage him more physically I like to shake hands because when I shake hands I can reach out my other hand and like kind of give him more of an intimate handshake okay okay. and I yeah and I because before I was just reaching out my hand and, and introducing myself and I realized oh okay now this is very formal this is disconnected right so but I still want to introduce myself so now I'd use both hands and that way I can kind of stroke the top of their hand when I shake their hands. That's extremely smart. Uh, I've heard recently that, I don't know if this is uh, due to a long time ago before, I don't know how long this is dated back, but when you put out both hands and you clasp that person's hand in, in your other one, it's basically showing you that they're safe with you. And yeah. as weird as it sounds, in part I think it's because like reptilian brain we're talking like going really far back here maybe not that far but really far back it shows them that you don't have a weapon in your other hand oh that makes a lot of sense yeah Yeah. so it's just a subconscious thing that they'll pick up they might not be thinking you had a weapon in your other hand but it will make them feel safer when you do reach out and you you know clasp their hand with both hands so that's super smart yeah, and it also gives me the opportunity to, like, I have nails, and so I, you know, they can see my nails and feel my nails on the back of their hand nice. briefly, and just little things like that. And I try, I've gotten better about this. I was not good at this at first, and 
now I have kind of a rule. I don't sit with a customer for more than three songs. Smart. Before I make my little sales pitch. Okay. And, um, yeah, because I just dealt with a lot of time wasters, and I would sit with a guy for, right. you know, 20 minutes, and, event, and then he wouldn't even want to dance. And it's like, wow. And unless, like, at three songs, they're really into it, but I just don't feel like it's time. Or if it's slow, and I'm okay talking with this guy and kind of, you know, seeing where it goes, at three songs, I'll usually try and close the sale and um or unless he's like tipping me while I talk which happens sometimes which is the coolest thing (laughs) I'm like oh well like thank you yeah um thanks for appreciating the fact that I'm like sitting here spending time with you do you tell Um, them that huh do you say that to them thanks for appreciating the time yeah I'm like oh my gosh like wow that's so sweet like people don't usually do that and they're usually like oh, yeah, like, you know, you guys are working, and I appreciate you. And I'm like, oh, you're a good one. Like, <laughs> That's um, smart. So three songs, that's a great time frame, especially I used to wear a watch with me because I would try to gauge how long I was spending with people because I didn't want to sit with them that long, and I feel like spending too much time with people kills the fantasy because now they start to get to know maybe too much about you. You start to become a little bit too real like you're in fantasy land you know I feel like being the fantasy is the way to go before you try to sell the dance because it's like if you sit with them too long I feel like you start to become friends with them and then that kind of makes the the money exchange a little bit weirder so you get friend zoned for sure exactly definitely killed the vibe or or you get to a point where the conversation stagnates yes and then there's awkward silences and then it's like Oh, so then you can tell that it's forced, anything I say. So I really try. And, yeah, three songs seems to be the sweet spot for me. And usually when I – usually at that point, if they want to dance, then they'll bring it up, which usually comes out of nowhere for me. That's awesome. And I I love that. And I'm just like, oh, yes, like, thank you. (laughs) I don't say thank you, but in my mind, I'm like, wow, you just made that so easy. Thank you. Otherwise, I'm not actually – I do want to improve on how I ask for dances because that part I don't really like. I don't like asking for dances, but I think I get more dances because I ask. It seems like a lot of girls expect the guys to ask and they'll just wait forever. But I'll just reach out and make contact again and I'll try and be playful and kind of increase the amount of playful energy I'm giving them until I ask them for a dance and I say something like, Oh, like, are you ready to go play with me? Or like, oh, are you ready to go get a booth? Or let me entertain you? Or something like that. Those um, are cute. Yeah, and it seems to work. Um, and if they don't want to, you know, then I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and if I leave them, I always say, I'm going to come back and check in on you and make sure you're still having a good time. And I usually do come back. Do you ever try to resell them? If they give me, like, an amorphous answer that's like, oh, not right now, or maybe in a little bit, or after I finish this beer, I don't want to sit with them anymore. I'm, right. you know, over it. And I'm also, while I'm talking to a customer, I am scanning the floor. I try and do it really discreetly because yeah. I want them to know all my energy is into them. But right. if I see some other potential customers, then that will increase the likelihood of me leaving. And then, yeah, and so then I come back, and sometimes I do get dances from them eventually. Like, they were being honest. They just weren't ready right then. Right. 
Yeah, I do think that that actually happens more often than I probably really believed. I used to, when people would say, yeah, I'm in a little bit or whatever, I'd be like, that's it, I'm not, you know, I'm done. I mean, I just didn't, I would never go back. But then, um, I don't know if you've heard the interview that I did with a guy named Armando. I did. I actually listened to that like three times because it was so interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. I was super surprised by some of the stuff he was saying. I was like... Oh my god, I wish I had known this before. (laughs) Yeah, so that makes me feel like I need to get some more guys on here too. So if there's any guys listening that are strip club connoisseurs that want to... uh they want to call in, please get in touch with me because I thought that was crazy interesting. Uh, but one of the things that he said, you know, like, he'll say, come back, you know, he, he'll tell them to come back later. He actually means it. It's like, oh, okay. And he said that one girl, I think he gave $1,000 to over the night, and he would get a few dances with her here and then tell her to come back later. And then she would. And then he would get more yeah. dances with her. And then he'd tell her to come back later again. Like, I... I think about that a lot. Yeah. Super. I never would have saw that coming. Uh, and I wish I had known about that. That's something I seriously wish I had known about. Um, and I did an interview with a Hustler Club manager. And he talked about one of his top income earners. I haven't posted the episode yet because it's super long. I have a lot of editing to do on it, but he talked about his uh, one of his top income earners and she basically just doesn't hear the word no. So if they, you know, if she asks them for a dance and they say no, she just comes back to him later. He said sometimes she'll come around to him five, six, seven times before finally she'll be like, okay, maybe he really doesn't want to dance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it takes her a long time to finally give up on that customer. And he says it works for her. Like, And I would imagine that it would work for everybody. I would imagine that it would, be, it would work, maybe not for everybody, but that it would really work for a lot of people. Because branching out of stripper stuff, studying sales, I have heard that it can take five to seven times of seeing something, an advertisement or an interaction with something, until people will actually buy that thing. That's totally true, yeah, and like brand names, like things that people recognize. Exactly. There, They become comfortable with it, they become familiar with it, they start to trust it, and then they'll buy it. Yeah, definitely. So I, yeah, any guy that I talk to... When I go around the club, if I don't go back up to him, um, I at least make some sort of contact with him throughout the night. Like, either visually, like, we meet eyes, and I, like, give him a wink or something, because we probably had a conversation, so we started building up some sort of camaraderie, and, um, yeah, just to, like, kind of connect, and, yeah, and just kind of continue that connection. Right. How do you feel about eye contact? How important do you think that is? Eye contact is... I think it's extremely important. Me too. Um, yeah, because it is, it's a, you know, genuine, vulnerable, you know, window to the soul. And I think people don't trust you as much if you don't make eye contact. Yeah. I, I think there comes a point where you make too much eye contact and yeah. the customer, you know, someone's going to be afraid of that, especially if they don't like to. So I'm really trying to keep in consideration what they, just really putting a lot of energy into reading 
the customer. It's like, okay, he's really nervous. Like, yeah, I don't even. He's maybe he's never been to a club before. Okay, like I gotta go really easy on this guy. And and then some people they you know they're making a lot of eye contact with me. I'm like, okay, I'll make a lot of, a lot of eye contact with you. Right. Um. But I think it goes a long way. I think it goes a super long way too. There's two things I want to say to that. One is I feel like well, this is something I've studied somewhere. I don't remember where. But looking at people, instead of trying to look from one eye to another or just looking in one eye or whatever, looking right at the bridge of their nose, not the tip of their nose, but kind of like the middle of their nose, is a less intense feeling for people from what I've heard. And another is if you can tell if someone's nervous by if they're rubbing their hands together. If they're rubbing their hands or if they're rubbing their legs, their thighs or something, it's a self-soothing kind of action that your body oh, that's will. that's good to know. I yeah. know that. So I thought, yeah, I thought that that was super interesting too. So if you see someone doing something like that, that's a good sign that they're, you know, they're definitely nervous. So something you might want to try to make them feel comfortable. And I don't know, maybe this could backfire. This is just something I would feel like would make people feel like, hey, I'm not here to hurt you. You know, like I'm just here, you know, I'm just here to have a conversation with you and hopefully, you know, give you a dance later. But rubbing their back, like putting your hand up on their back and just kind of rubbing it just for a second, maybe not for long, but even just for a second, just so that they know, hey, it's all good. You know, there's no reason to be worried. And then put your hand back down or put your hand on your leg or on his leg or or whatever. Yeah, that's a that's something I actually really need to work on. I've been consciously trying to do it because it's not in my normal day to day. I don't make a lot of contact with people in real life, and so there, I've really been trying to work on just making more contact with customers and back massages and things like that, which doesn't come naturally to me. So I'm definitely out of my comfort zone doing that, but it does always get a really good response. So, Girl, it does not come naturally to me to touch people at (laughs) all either. When I spend some time in Southern Florida, like most of the people down there, the majority are Hispanic, and the way they greet each other, they'll come up and kiss you on the cheek and stuff, and it's like, whoa! Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know about that. So even when it comes to hugs and stuff with people, I'm like, I don't know you, you know, at all. Like, why are you hugging me? So I really, I definitely know what you mean. So that's something to note is when you go into work, I really try to detach from who I am and put my super introvertedness away and turn into this just, you know, very outgoing, touchy-feely kind of person. Because I feel like, at least for me, and I'm sure there's all types of different customers and different types of people that want different things, but... For myself, I feel like the things that have helped me sell the most have been first gauging where they're at, like if they're super nervous or if they are excited or if they're a little bit more like they're definitely interested. I don't give them personal space. Like, especially like you said about turning up the energy. Like at first I might be a little bit more standoffish, but for myself, when I decide also, okay, it's time for a dance. And that might be mid-sentence in my sentence or in his. Like I might just all of a sudden change the topic and lean in and just put my hand on his neck or on his shoulder or whatever with a deep gaze in the eyes and then be like, hey, we should go to the back. Or we should go play. Or, hey, I want to come play with you. Or something along those lines. But just what you said, turning up the sexual energy. Just the, like, deep gaze. And, you know, like, 
let's do this kind of kind of a a thing. So well, and I feel like a lot of customers, or the majority of them, people lack intimacy in their yes. lives. And that's one of the things that I have to offer. It's a service industry job. And so something I have to offer is that intimacy. It doesn't need to be some, you know, super intense lap dance. Right. You know, it's actually not that often that I, I run into a customer that wants that. A lot of times, like, they, they just want contact. Like, who knows how many people they've had contact with that month. Right. Like, or even like got to like touch or be touched by. And right. so I really, anytime I actually do it, um, which is more now, um, I always get an amazing response. And so I'm just trying to like, okay, like, you know, get into that zone, like you said, um, and just be like, okay, this is what I do. Like I'm, you know, upbeat and fun and I make lots of contact. Right. That's something that I learned a while ago also was that it is super healthy. It's super healthy apparently for people to get physical contact, I'm going to give a weird example here, but when babies are born, if the baby is born prematurely or uh, has a problem, the babies that get put in those little incubators, the little glass box things, the ones that have less human contact, you know, where people go into these little glass boxes and stick their hands in gloves to touch the baby, which I think yeah. is a horrible fucking practice, by the way. It is. Yeah. <laughs> this is a horrible, horrible thing that this exists. I I can't imagine there isn't a better way to do this, but, um, but this is just a study that I saw. The babies that get the most interaction, they're the ones that grow fastest, and they're the ones that recover quicker. So, and people, you know, we're all just a bunch of big little kids, really. So, so getting human contact from other people is super important. And that's been something that's been really important for me to remember because I'm so standoffish. Like, nah, I don't want you to touch me, you know. But, but realizing these people need this. Like, they want it. And then when you go to touch them, being like, this is healing this person. This is helping them. Right. And it helps give you more feeling of value, too, so you feel better about asking them to come for a dance. Because I don't know about you. When I first started, I felt, I felt like I was trying to get something from them, and it made me feel uncomfortable. Now I look at it more as I'm providing you something that you want and maybe need. So let's go. You know, let's do it. Yeah, definitely before it felt really one-sided, like, oh, I'm just trying to take this guy's money, and like, you know, it's, it's, it, I didn't feel that good about it, and then I realized, no, like, I'm offering an amazing service, like, I am a therapist, I am, (laughs) like, like, people are coming here for this, you don't come into a strip club without wanting some form of interaction. You might right. not want to dance, but you want something from a female. Right, and they probably and, do all want dances, but they just might not be able to afford it. Right, yeah, which I don't know why you're in there if you can't afford it. But yeah. <laughs> there's Ma- definitely those. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, Bye. that's another good thing to keep in mind is for guys that can't afford it that are in there, they're probably depressed to some degree. And if they live in town and you do give them that attention – even if it's just in a three-song time span and you know that they don't want to dance, but you've been really good to them the whole time they've been there, when they do have money, they might come back and see you because you were the person that was really good to them while they were super depressed and they couldn't, you didn't have any money and they couldn't get a dance with you. So later they might be like, oh, I'm going to go back and see that girl. 
Yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm, I try to make sure that I'm just kind to everyone. Yeah. Um, and so if I talk to someone for a while and he's like, I don't have any money, you know, instead of being like some girls that are just like, oh, like, bye, like, or why are you here? Like, they get, you know, irritated because he did just take their time. I'm like, oh, like, it's okay, you know, like, I'll spend like, uh, like 60 seconds more, like, talking to them and, you know, letting them know it's okay. And then I leave them in a really kind way. And, and then I'll try and check in on them for the rest of the night because they're there. And, yeah, like, they could, if we build some sort of connection or relationship, then they'll come back when they have money. Right. That's good. I'm just going to let you know right now while I'm thinking about it, I really, really, really hope you start your own podcast. I truly do. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would be awesome, and I would definitely be a listener because I want to know more about your background and how you got to where you are because it's I'm sure that there's a lot there. So it's a pretty crazy story. Yeah, I think I think that would be good. I would love to do that. Yeah. Um, oh, the resources I found online are so amazing. And so, but there's not that many. There's like you and there's you know a couple websites and um, some other local things like out of Portland that I listen to, but really like, give us some examples. What are some of the things that you look into? Um, well on the, the Apple app, um, you know, if you just look up like the word stripper or dancer or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, there's like the stripper PDX podcast. Um, actually I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head. They're just saved. Are they Um, active? Yeah, they're active. And they range through, like, most of them, yours is the only one that I've found that is specifically for dancers. Okay. Um, and all the other ones um, are kind of broad ranging over the sex industry in general. Mm-hmm. And so you can go through and find out lots of information about all sorts of different things. Um, but what I really appreciate about yours is that it's very just honing in on this particular industry. Yeah. Interesting. I'm glad that you said that because I've thought about branching out into other things, but out of more of like a curiosity, like somebody in the group, somebody in the Facebook group asked the other day about sugar daddies. And it's like, there's so many, yeah. yeah, there's so many different ways that girls can make money through entertainment that it's like, but, but this is the one that I know. So this seems like the, uh, this seems like the one for me to stick with. Tell yeah, me. when I sorry, no, it's okay. Go on. Oh, when I started out, it's like I knew nothing, and you just you know you sink or you swim, you just hit the ground running, and um, you know you can get help from the girls in your club, but not always. Right. You know, usually, you have, it takes a little bit to break into a club and into the social group, um, and so there's lots of things that I just didn't know that you're supposed to know, and like as far like and I talked to you about this, the, the etiquette between. Co-workers, which mm-hmm. I finally figured out. Um, <laughs> but there's that's not written anywhere. You just like, oh, I just pissed someone off because I didn't know this basic thing um, that apparently is an unspoken thing that everyone knows. Right. Give us some examples because this is an important topic too. Um, so things like I didn't know, and I figured it out very quickly, but I didn't know that um, as a dancer, when a girl's on stage, you don't talk to guys at the rack. Right. Like, some, and I've seen lots of new girls come in since, and I've been the one to talk to them, because I was like, I wish someone told me, being like, yeah, like, don't talk to the customers at the rack, you know, they're they're there to pay the dancer, you can talk to them when they leave, mm-hmm. and every club is different, but at the clubs I work at, they, you know, if a girl's talking to a customer, um, and she has a drink, when she gets up and she goes to, 
you know, if it's day shift, we have to put our own songs in, or she's the restroom and goes in the dressing room, and she leaves her drink next to him, that's like a universal sign to all of us to not talk to him. She's not done with him. Right. Um, so things like that, but every club is different. Like, I don't, maybe that's just the way that, you know, I'm in Oregon, and we're just, like, really friendly with each other, so I don't know. Like, that's good. Um, that's good. How every club works, and, um... Have you bounced yeah, around clubs at all, or have you stayed at the same one? I just left my first club that I started out at that was smaller after experiencing this larger club in Portland that is Portland has like more strip clubs per capita than anywhere else on the Northwest. And so I feel like they do it really well. Like they've got to unlock how to do it well. And in this small town I'm in, they get away with a lot of things and I don't feel very supported by the management. So I was like, you know what? I don't need to work here. I make a lot more money in Portland. So, okay. Um, yeah, and I think that's important. Like, I don't think just because, like, there doesn't need to be any sort of loyalty to a club. No, um, hell no. Not all. Yeah, and not at all. As a matter of I fact. Really liked, I really like the girls. I liked the club itself, and I liked my regulars I had there. But, yeah, it was. It didn't feel like the safest place to work. And, and that, that was, was really important. You think that that was because of the management? Oh, yeah. 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 I had a customer do something he really shouldn't have done, and I told the bartender, and she said, okay. And then he was still there, and then he did it to, like, two other girls. Oh, my God. And then I told the owner, and he was like, well, why'd you turn your back on him? And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, are you serious? Yeah. And then he didn't kick him out. And so I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't need that. And I was having to avoid this guy all night at work. Like, I wasn't really able to work because I was trying to avoid this guy that they wouldn't make leave. So things like that, you don't need to put up with that. That's dumb. Completely agree with that. I went from working at... A super nice club. I mean, you know, technically compared to... It was like a nightclub. It was like an an upscale nightclub, really. But it was also a strip club. And I was only making like a couple hundred dollars a night there. Granted, I was fairly new. um, But, well, no. I probably worked there for over a year. And I was making a couple hundred dollars a night. And, you know, it varied. Sometimes it was on the, like, up to 600. But I don't think I ever made, no, that's not true. So it was a little bit more than that sometimes. But my best night there was, like, 700-something. And I was working, I don't know if it was a day shift or a night shift. I think it was, I think it was midday at some point. Some girl came in. And I got a dance with her and another guy. And as soon as the dance was over, she looked at him and said, pay for two songs and go back to the bar and wait for me. And he said, okay. And he pulled out his wallet, handed me some money, walked back to the bar. And she goes, sit down, sit down. She goes, you don't have to dance. She goes, you should come work at Mons Venus. She said, you would make $1,000 a night there. And I was like, what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, because I was only making a couple hundred a night really for the most part and I was like I'll be there tomorrow and the (laughs) the next day I was there and my first night I made a grand and I was like wow yeah you don't realize like if you don't take the time to branch out and to see what else is out there you never know I mean the club that you know that club was 30 minutes away from the one that I worked in and I had no idea and part of the reason why I didn't want to go there was because it was a full nude club so and ah. I had, and I had heard some rumors about it. Rumors just aren't necessarily true. Like you've got to go and experience something for yourself to really yeah. know if it's valid or not. 
So I went and man, I loved it. And I ended up working all over the country after that, but I still kept going back to that club because it was the best. The management was all women and they were, oh my God, I loved them so much. Like if you had a guy, you know, just do something disgusting or whatever. Like I'll just give an example. If you have somebody come while you're dancing on them or something, have you ever had that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Not on me, but, like, I'm, I knew that he did it, and I was just, like, you know, it's, it's I'm halfway between, like, oh, you poor deer, and just, like, oh, that's gross. Like, yeah, okay, well, I don't get mad at them, but I'm, like, I, like, ugh. Right. But, yeah, getting mad at them is not a logical thing to do because you want them to come back and see you, right? Obviously, they really enjoyed being with you. You did a good job, so, you yeah. know, there's, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's really no reason to be mad, but it's disgusting, so. Yeah. Um, you know, walking up to a manager and being like, I have to go because somebody just came on me. And if it's a male manager, they'd be like, oh, well, you still have two more hours that you need to be here. That's been my experience. And, and, but at that club, it was just kind of like, I have to go and you don't even need a reason. And they're like, okay, (laughs) like, because they've been there, they've done it. They know what it's like. And they're like, okay, not going to argue with that. Like, you know, I hope your night gets better. So my experience there, so yeah, I think branching out and trying different places is uh, very beneficial. Every club has a different way of doing things. Like at the small club I was working at, if I showed up late, they charged me a fee. If I wanted to leave early, they charged me a fee, which technically isn't even legal. Right. Um, and, and all this stuff and just like, and then at this other club I work at that I actually, I drive two hours to get to this club. Whoa. I don't live in Portland. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I only work. I mean, if I, oh. <laughs> which is kind of good, because if I was up there, I'd be like, I'm going to work every day, and I would not make as much money. So right. I work, you know, I'll, I'll make it a weekend, or I'll go up also during midweek if I want a little extra money. Um, but I just, like, I text them, because they know that I travel, and so I don't have a schedule. And so I just say, hey, I'm coming up, and they're like, okay. And I show up whenever I want, and... Um, and then if it gets to like midnight and I, you know, I'll pay my, I have to pay my night fee, but if I want to leave, they're just like, okay, just let us know so we can take you off rotations so right. we're not like calling your name, you know, but that's it. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm like, I'm really tired. I got to go. And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there can be massive differences that can truly affect your life by the club that you work at. I mean, Truly, like if you, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time at work and if you have a manager that you really can't stand or or they have a policy there that is just bullshit, like there's so many things about working at different places that can be so different that can make your life so much better or so much worse. So it's like to, you know, branch out and to find these places. And like you do, even if it's a couple hours away, maybe it is really worth it to cut down on your days and put in a lot of hours per day that you decide to go in. Plus, I feel like once you get in the flow, like once you get into stripper mode, you can stay there for a long time. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. And as an introvert or somebody that does feel energy a lot, it's like uh, it, it can take a lot of mental energy for me to go to work. So mm-hmm. to take that energy and to be like, okay, I know for sure I'm going in on this day and this day and I'm going to be there all day. And it's not like something you have to think about because 
as a dancer, for the most part, a lot of clubs have it so that you can go in anytime you want. You're not on a schedule. Some places do have schedules, but I hate, I've not liked most of the places that I've worked out with a schedule. So most of them you can come and go whenever you want. So if your club is right down the street from you, it's like every single day you know you could be at work making money. And it gets mentally draining. At least it got super mentally draining for me. And I had never set a schedule for myself. So that's one of my biggest regrets is not setting a solid schedule for myself that I just followed without that mental back and forth. Should I go to work tonight? Should I not go to work tonight? I don't know. I do need the money, but I really don't want to go. Or or whatever in between. So well, and I didn't work all this week, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna take a break. And I usually work during the week at this other club, and I stopped doing that. And it's been kind of excruciating because I'm like, I could be making so much money. Right. Uh, also, another thing that I do that really helps with my money is I have um, I'm really good with regulars. I have an email. I don't give anyone my phone number. I don't want my phone getting blown up. Smart. Um, I give regulars, if I like someone and they spend a lot of money on me, I give them my email address. And then before I go to work, when I know I'm going to go there like the day before, I send out the same email to all of them saying, I'm going to be at work from this time to this time. Like, I'd love to see you. And they show up. So one time I had like five regulars that all spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars show up all at once. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to. That's an awesome idea, especially because if you're texting them, if they text you back right away, it's like, okay, you're supposed to reply because you just texted right. this person. It's a very intimate kind of thing. But if you're just sending out an email, you send an email, you close your email, and they email you back, you you know, obviously you might not know. So there's no need right. or like courtesy or whatever that you, you know, you might feel compelled to do to email them back at all or right away so yeah or I say oh I'm sorry I didn't see your email till now and right like, you know, and you can just reply but... to them whenever you feel like it as opposed to feeling like you need to do that right away that's brilliant I love that I think that's super brilliant Is it's it really a... helpful and I see other like coworkers. they'll be like oh my gosh this guy's blowing up my phone and I, they show me their text and I'm like oh my gosh like why did you give him your number right they're like I don't know that's just what you do and I'm like don't do that I'm I'm totally gonna make a I'm totally gonna make a stripper email. That's super that's super brilliant. I love it. I love it because I know lots of girls the same thing. They but some of them have you know they'll they'll text them back right away. And when I was in Florida recently, I was working and I was giving out my I have a Google phone number which I recommend everyone to get if you don't use email which is I think honestly I think that that's a way better idea to do it that way but a Google phone number is a number that you can attach to your number um, that they can you know if they Google you if they Google the number you've given them nothing's going to show up under that number and so they can't find you and if they start to blow you up you can mute the text, you can block them, you can, like, it's just, it's kind of convenient, um, but I think your idea is way better. I think I made one of those first. I made a Google number, but then when people asked me my number, I couldn't remember it. Oh, uh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is awkward. So <laughs> I just was like, instead of, I, I don't have a good memory for numbers, so I was like, okay, we'll just do the email. Okay. But I do know girls, like, that works really well for them, too. Yeah. Okay, that's super smart. Um, so what happened to your confidence when you started stripping? Oh, it went, uh, confidence or competence? I mean, it went up in a huge way. Um, I don't see how it can't. Um, Right. 
I mean, you definitely, you know, run into to people that aren't um, super stoked on you, but that's that's just something you learn how to brush off. But, right. Yeah, I mean, like, being in your body and feeling empowered as a woman, I think it's, like, one of the most feminist things you, you could do right now. Like, yeah. I have this female body, and people are willing to pay to be around me, right. not even to, like, get anything else, just to be around me. Right. Like, that's, that's awesome. And, like, you know, I love... I, I do really enjoy being on stage, um, you know, near the end of the night, I get pretty tired, but at the same time, like, it's really fun, like, it's fun to be able to dance and, like, express yourself and, you know, feel beautiful, and also the amount of self-care that you have to put into it Yeah, is, like, it's just an added benefit, like, oh, like, you know, I'm doing my hair, and, like, I'm paying to get my hair done, and I get my nails done, and... Not everyone needs to do that, but I like to do that, and it's just, like, some forced self-care, because I never was very good at self-care, so now I have to do self-care, and I have to take baths, and I have to, you know, get massages, and, like, do all these things that just make me feel really good, and that adds to, if I feel really good, I feel confident, then, you know, I'm going to do better at work, and that's going to also attract other people, and then I feel more confident at work, and it's just this really great, really great thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And and then as a result, you feel better. So it's certainly not just about looks, but you also feel a lot better in your own body, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and using your body and feeling comfortable in your own skin Yeah, is, um, I mean, it's huge. Right. And people get that from doing, you know, physical things as well, like gymnastics and sports and stuff. And I feel like anything that you're doing to get into your body yeah. um, is going to help your confidence. Yeah. Hey, how are you on time? I think I have an appointment that I need to get to, actually, in a little bit. I think it's been about an hour. Yeah, we've been on here for about an hour, which is why I was asking. Okay, um, I I have two questions I want to ask for you, and unless you need to go right now. No, that's fine. Okay, I we didn't even get into your law of attraction stuff. I didn't realize how much time had gone by. Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's been huge. So listening to your podcast and things you talk about with that. I was like, okay, like, I'm going to try that. One thing is that as far as money goes, I've always been fearful of money. I've never allowed myself to have money. Maybe I felt like I wasn't worthy of money. Um, I kind of, I grew up really poor. And so I kind of wrote off money as like, oh, like, oh, I just don't need it. Like, oh, I can get by or, you know, we'll just keep life really simple. And um, I didn't realize that that mentality was actually keeping me from creating wealth for myself. And so I started, so on my way to work, I do all these mantras and affirmations to myself and, you know, mainly talk about how much money I'm going to make, um, how I'm, you know, fantastic, amazing, and awesome, which is actually a really horrible, like, hard thing to say, (laughs) actually, (laughs) and, like, believe it, Um, but I force myself to say it, and it's kind of like the same thing, like, staying in, you know, in the bathroom looking in the mirror and saying I'm beautiful like it can actually be really challenging to say and that's all the more reason to do it right I agree and I talk to myself like I I call myself by my dancer name to like help me get in the zone and um uh you know I say like I'm gonna get at least three dances from every customer it's gonna be easy I'm going to um I'm going to find all the right guys, and all the right guys are going to find me. Like, we're just going to be attracted to each other. It's going to be easy. It's going to be amazing. Um, I'm, uh, it's okay if it's slow. Like, I'm not going to, like, I'm going to keep my energy up. I'm going to keep my vibe up, and I'm just going to find all the right customers. And 
Um, so it's a lot of self-talk. Do you see this happening? Do you see these interactions at all? Or is it more of a feeling or more of just the thinking of those experiences? Um, both. I, I, yeah, I try and visualize it. I, like, I try and feel it and visualize it. And I just expect it. Yeah, I just good. have like, this is what's going to happen. And yeah. I know that it can happen. I know that the amount of money I want out of the club at night is there. Yes. I know it's there. And it's my job. It's actually, there's probably more than that for every girl working there. Right. There's so much money that comes into that club. Right. Everyone can walk out. Like, just because I'm making a ton of money doesn't mean that I'm taking away money from any of the other girls. Like, everyone could make so much money if they just believed that they could make it. Right. And so I know it's there. And I just, you know, it's the it's the belief and the affirmations and the law of attraction plus, you know, taking the time to learn how to pick the right customers you know, if I only talked to, like, young guys all night, which I usually avoid, I would be not making as much money. Great, um, I'd great example. Preventing, yeah, pre- preventing myself. So also just, like, knowing some logical things helps <laughs> as well. Yeah. But, yeah, telling myself, I'm going to make this much money, and it's going to be easy. I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do, reminding myself of that. Um, and... Yeah, and just telling myself I'm going to do my best. Like, no matter what, even if for some reason I didn't make my quota, as long as I know that I did my best, like, I know there's nothing wrong with me. I know that I'm attractive, you know, and as long as I'm doing my best, then I can't get down on myself about anything. It's just like, oh, it just wasn't a good night. That's okay. Right. Like, but I did my best. And it's on nights where I was really lazy, and I haven't done this for a while now, um, but on nights where I was lazy and I didn't really try, and I was just like, uh, I didn't make as much money, and I would be upset with myself because I knew that I did that to myself. Right. Okay. All right, cool. All right, let me ask you one more question. I've got I've got multiple more questions that I want to ask you, but I was thinking we were going to do this for an hour, and then I looked down at the time, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's been a little bit longer than that. Um, well, tell me, do you have time for one, uh, two questions? What what is one of your best customer experiences and then the best advice that you would give to girls getting into the industry? Best customer experiences. Like if you had someone just give you a lot of money for no reason or. Okay. So I had this crazy experience. I was on stage and there was this old guy, this Italian, he had kind of an accent and he was watching me, and I was interacting with him from the stage. And at the end of my set, I looked down, and there was a $50 bill. Nice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, okay. So I pick it up, and I go to him, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Because I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe he did that by accident. I don't really want to say anything. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to, if he did, I really need to give him some attention. Right. And so and I was like, wow, thank you so much. And he was like, oh, you deserve it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, wow, thanks. And... And he said, you want to do some dances? And I was like, yeah, okay. So I gave back. I went back and I gave him two dances. Mm -hmm. And he was really polite and sweet and he wasn't, you know, weird or anything. And and then he pays me for my two dances at this club. They're $20 each. And he hands me $300. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I was like, okay. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, you're welcome. Like, you're working hard. Like, you you know, you deserve it. And I was like, do you want, like, okay. I was, like, going to be like, do you want some more dances? Like, he's like, no. Which I shouldn't say, but I'm just also a struggle with being too nice sometimes. And, yeah, so that was like, wow. So you never know what can happen. Weird things happen. So that was a really positive interaction, you know, and, 
it's better than getting paid three hundred dollars for doing a ton of dances with someone that maybe you don't particularly like. Like yeah. that was so easy and unpredictable. And then, um, and then I do have a regular that comes in um, to the club in Portland I work at, who he always every time he comes in he spends about four hundred dollars on me. Oh my gosh, which that's is awesome! One of the reasons. Yeah, so I have a couple regulars like that, and I spend a lot of time on him. So when he comes in, I am with him for probably like two hours. Yeah. Just spending time with him. Yeah. Because it's worth it. That's fine. Like, please come in every Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And he's great. He doesn't want dances. He does this, like, acupressure thing. So he just wants me to sit on his lap, and he just kind of, like, pokes me. Oh, my God. That's awesome. and some girls don't like him, and, you know, he wanted to do things like slap my ass and stuff, and I don't like that. I bruise really easily, and I was like, man, like, you're going to prevent me from making more money. Yeah. So sorry. Like, I won't do that. And anything that I don't like, he, he doesn't do it, but I just sit there, and he just, like, does this really interesting, like, energy work on me, and it's kind of like a therapy session, and when we're done, I'm all like, whoa, like, I've got all these endorphins. I'm like, man, I should be paying you. Like, this is really therapeutic. Yeah. And I'll sit in there with him for, like, nine songs doing that, and nine or 12 songs. Oh, so that's, that's a awesome. really cool experience. It's not your typical just, like, doing a lap dance. Like, you meet people that want certain things or do all sorts of different people that mm-hmm. just, that's their thing. So that's really positive. And as far as advice for people coming into the industry I would say definitely echoing some things that you have said I kept my head down you know once I realized that I was going to do this like don't do it if you're gonna just half-ass it like do it to do it yeah like be in it um don't waste your time and realize that your time is worth a lot of money that's something I tell myself being like my time like I'm worth a lot And so not to compromise my time or my energy on anyone. Um, And keeping my head down, staying out of drama, trying to, um, you know, don't try and buddy up to the other girls, but be really pleasant because they can make or break, like, how positive your workday is. For sure. Um, uh, Tip all of your management really well. So, like, they all know, like, the DJ knows how much I make because I have to take myself out of rotation every time I do a dance. Okay. So I t- tip her double or t- triple what I what I should um, because she's going to help me out a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, take care of management if they take care of you. Like, pay them well. Um, and don't be afraid to talk to anyone. Just don't be afraid. That's something I tell myself. And I still tell myself every time is, like, I'm not afraid – of anyone like I am not gonna just you know before if I would see a group of guys I would um I, I was too intimidated to go talk to them and now I just kind of throw myself in the middle of them just like what's the worst thing that could happen like right. oh it's like awkward and uncomfortable like oh no like, <laughs> yeah and so don't be afraid of anyone or anything like they're in your house yeah and you know, everything is based on your consent. Like, you are 100% in control. And if you ever feel like you're not in control, get yourself out of that situation immediately. Right. Awesome. Well, Daphne, thank you so much for taking the time to connect with us. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your insights. And, girl, super interesting. You're super interesting. I could talk (laughs) to you for a really, really long time. I already know. 
please start your own podcast. You've already got your first episode if you want to use this. I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. So thanks for listening, everybody. Knowledge really is power, and I really want this show to be about building powerful women who help lift each other up instead of push each other down. So thank Absolutely. Yeah, so thanks again, everyone. Thanks again, Daphne. I so appreciate you. Have a thank great time you. at whatever your appointment is, and uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you on Facebook. All right. Okay, have a good day, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. I had a couple more things that I wanted to add. I have officially hit 600 subscribers today, and I wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening. It truly means a lot to me, and I'd like to ask you to start coming out of the closet a little bit. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I would love for you to leave me a review. I would truly love to hear your thoughts on it. And if you're listening to this on the YouTube channel, I would love for you to leave me a comment on every single video that you feel compelled to say anything. The more I learn about you, the easier it'll be to know what you're looking for. I have a lot of subscribers right now to myself. In my opinion, I have a decent amount, but I don't know most of you. Some of you are active and reach out, but I would really like to start to hear more about you girls. I'm really curious, and I'm also getting some guys that are following my channel now too. So, you know, feel free to let me know why you're here because eventually I might do stuff to tailor to men too because you guys are the ones that fund our lives, quite frankly, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you for that. You guys have no idea how I've lived a really good life because of gentlemen that have helped take care of me, so I really, truly appreciate you. Anyway, this episode has been long enough. I hope that you're remembering to use your beautiful mind to stay focused on not the negative and potentially what might be right in front of you that's negative, but to learn to focus on what you want and to let your subconscious mind start to work for you in the background to figure out how to bring you the things in your life that you actually want. And the more you focus on what you want, the more your mind will figure it out without you even trying. It'll start to go in the background and make things happen. And the last thing, if you want to get more involved, and this is for women only, there is now a private Strategic Stripping Facebook page. You can't search for it because it's private, so go to the link below and it will take you to a placeholder Facebook page. Click join, fill out the intro questions, and after that, I'll reach out to you and you'll be added to the private group. When you land on the page, you'll know that it's mine. For now, stay positive. I love you and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.